0: Hey, this is Dusty Barra. You're listening to PF's Tape Recorder.
1: Hello there. I'm PF. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's comedian Cy Amundsen.
2: And that's the thing
0: i think is the fun challenge about comedy and that's the sort of comedy that i think is really good so i tend to push towards it and hope that mine turns out that way is when you have common versions of common experiences
1: not only is saya comedian he's also a sportscaster he hosts espn sports center on snapchat we'll talk to him about that coming up the song of the week is from the vaccines how did i miss this The internet let me down, I found this completely by accident. We'll listen to it at the end of the show, but first we have a dumb bit. Time for another installment
2: of- What kind of nonsense is that?
1: So I don't know if you've ever heard of Mark Hyman. Uh, The name may be familiar to you if you watch uh, local news in your community. Uh, he used to be an executive for Sinclair Broadcasting. Sinclair owns a lot of TV stations around the country. And in many markets, they own two, usually one of the big network affiliates and then a smaller station, maybe a CW affiliate or an independent. And on uh, one of the smaller stations, they will often run news earlier than the 11 o'clock news. And this is where his commentaries turn up. Now, he's no longer, I don't believe, an executive for Sinclair, but they still let him do these commentaries. And these are called behind the headlines, where he's going to uh, he's going to you up on uh, how the liberal media is letting you down. I he doesn't say that, but that's uh, wink, wink, that's what's going on. Uh, well, here's
2: an example uh, right here. It's a lie by omission. Here's what's happening behind the headlines. The New York Times published a compelling article on the humanitarian disaster in Venezuela. It focused on mass starvation, particularly among infants and children, in spite of the nation sitting on the world's largest known oil reserves. But Mr. Hyman notices uh, an anomaly of sorts. This article repudiated glowing praise the paper lavished on the socialist dictatorship just five years ago. That praise was founded on the same key point the Times never mentioned in its recent 4,800-word article. The humanitarian disaster is the direct result of Venezuela's socialist policies.
1: And the New York Times probably didn't report that because that's not what is the cause of Venezuela's economic problems. It is partially to blame. If we go to the BBC, the BBC explains that the drop in oil revenue uh, has caused the country to curtail its social programs. Now, there is an underlying problem in the fact that it was still a dictatorship, that there was one dude in charge, and that's never a good thing. I think you probably can't point to any time in history where you've got one dude in charge and everything is just great. So yeah, just, just from the fact that it was that kind of a system, uh, unlike the uh, democratic uh, systems we have in Europe, where there are socialist institutions, or so, yeah, socialist institutions, I guess you would say, uh, where, where those work. Uh, in fact, let's go to PBS talking about Denmark. And Denmark, you may have uh, heard, is uh, one of the happiest countries in the world. It's often listed as the happiest country in the world. And uh, this PBS report starts off as saying how great things in Denmark are. And then about two minutes in, they inform us of this.
2: Danes pay more income tax than any other nationality, earn over $55,000 and the tax rate hits more than 60%. But according to happiness expert Mike Viking, Danes don't mind.
1: So there is kind of a downside. You're paying a lot more in taxes in Denmark, and uh, as they, they talk to this expert, and he says, "Well, when you have healthcare taken care of and you know colleges taken care of, if you know if you have the ability to go academically, uh, you know, then it takes a lot of stress off you." And then you know that may be a tough sell here in uh, North America, particularly in the United States. Uh, people might not want to pay high taxes or pay that much in taxes. So that's that's a debate we can have. But, you know, the Danes don't seem to mind. Now, I heard another report on the BBC a couple of years ago where another big problem in Denmark, and again, this is a report on the liberal BBC, uh, is that people are leaving Denmark that are wealthy and successful, particularly footballers, uh, entertainers, for, uh, for example, Our friends New Politics, friends of the show. They're a band from Denmark. Uh, they live in New York City. Uh, and, you know, they probably could not have the career they're having. Uh, in denmark uh, and and in europe and not because it's it's a social a lot more to it i mean of course this is a bigger market it's you know there's a lot more opportunities here but that's the thing people say well you have the opportunity here in america there's you know there's some there's some balance here one of the guys in the trio by the way went back to denmark uh, and they hired an american drummer and it's two danes now but hopefully we'll be talking to them in the next couple of weeks because they're gonna be doing a concert here in cincinnati but getting back to uh, Mr. Hyman, this is the most amazing part of his little, uh, his little presentation here uh, about the New York Times not telling you the whole story. And, and again, I, because that's not the whole story. But anyway, uh, here's, his, here's his beef with the New York Times.
2: This is reminiscent of the New York Times in the 1930s. The paper published blatantly false reports that covered up the genocide of as many as 5 million Ukrainians by the Soviet Union. Back then, the New York Times ruled the media landscape It was the final word in news. Americans were lied to. The New York Times helped cover up the evil of socialism. Nearly 60 years passed before the paper acknowledged the false reports.
1: And then insisted that the Pulitzer Prize that was won for that reporting by the reporter, uh, a gentleman named Walter Duranty, be taken away. Now, Walter Duranty was born in Liverpool, and he became the Moscow bureau chief for the New York Times. And he was there uh, reporting on the uh, famine, or what he describes as a lack of famine. There really was a famine. And yeah, he got rooked by the Bolsheviks. There's absolutely no question. But uh, here's the thing that's funny about this, is that uh, Mark Hyman is upset about, about Mr. Durante died, uh, first of all, in 1957. So this is a guy that died like 61 years ago, and Mark Hyman is still upset that the New York Times reported this uh, 85 years ago, even though you know they you know righted the wrong. And uh, at the time, even though, yes, the New York Times was the go-to paper, and it's not too far-fetched to say it was the final word in news. I don't think Mr. Hyman is wrong in that, because um, there are also reports that uh, President Roosevelt recognized the Soviet Union uh, after reading those reports, and uh, which also stuck into the Ukraines, and uh, the Ukraines were no longer recognized as an independent country. So a lot, of, a lot of damage caused by that, certainly, but I can't believe he's upset over, still upset over something that happened uh, 85 years ago. Uh, it just makes you say,
2: what kind of nonsense is that?
1: This episode of PF State Recorders brought to you by Old School Shirts, and you can find that at OldSchoolShirts.com. What is that, PF? Well, you may recall that uh, we were involved with Home Shirts Cleveland for a long time, an offshoot of Cincy Shirts, and it featured vintage apparel from Cleveland, Uh, you know, stores and teams that aren't around anymore, but people still love and remember, and we were also in some other cities as well. But it has been relaunched as OldSchoolShirts.com, and now includes Atlanta, Baltimore, Brooklyn, Chicago, Detroit. Houston, Indianapolis, Kansas City, Louisville, Manhattan, Milwaukee, Nashville, Philadelphia, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Portland. Whoops, I got lost track here. I went off the thing here. Uh, Cleveland, of course, Seattle, and St. Louis. Now, uh, some cities we have a lot of stuff like uh, Cleveland and Indianapolis. Uh, Others we're adding stuff like Chicago and Phoenix and Seattle. But uh, do head there for your vintage apparel needs. We'll be adding more throughout 2018. In fact, uh, we're going to be involved a lot more with old school shirts in 2018. So do go there, start shopping. It's a great way to support the show. And now back to the top 16, or I'm sorry, I did it again. Back to the top six songs of 2016 as chosen by Fangirl and PF. Cy Amundson is a stand-up comedian originally from the Twin Cities. You can catch him hosting ESPN Sports Center on Snapchat, as well as headlining comedy clubs across the country. Here now is our interview with Cy Amundsen All right, so it's been a while since we spoke, so uh, what's new with you, man? Oh, I mean, <laughs> uh, all sorts of stuff. I know you're. Uh,
0: I'm, I'm, I, I just landed in. Uh, I'm in the airport, Hartford, Connecticut, uh, because I am. I started working for ESPN this spring. Or excuse me, this fall. That's right. Uh, hosting, yeah, hosting SportsCenter on Snapchat for.
1: Uh, yeah, that's been uh, very popular. We've been uh, seeing that at uh, Cincy Shirts, where I'm working now. They were mentioning it. Um, so uh, I, I guess that's been going well. If you're, they're sending you to, to Connecticut.
0: Yeah, yeah, it seems to be. Uh, You know, I think anytime you make a change, uh, they had a certain way of doing their their app on there. And anytime you change something new, people take a minute to adjust. But it seems to have really taken off. And I've heard nothing but positivity, you know, from both the inside and the outside. So it's been a lot of fun.
1: And that seems like kind of like an odd connection Snapchat with ESPN. But I guess it's, uh, is it going for the younger demographic, I guess?
0: Well, I don't even necessarily think it's the younger demographic. I think it's just the evolution of media. I think, I think you always kind. Of, I don't think TV will ever go away, but I, I think you always tend to have to be paying attention to how people consume things. And uh, you see companies like ESPN and CNN has a Snapchat show, and GQ, and you know E, and all these places. So I think, I think it's less about. Age and things like that, and it's more about you know just paying attention to how people are evolving in the way that they they consume things.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because my uh, youngest watches uh, one show on regular TV—that's Riverdale. Uh, one on Netflix, Stranger Things. Then she watches all kinds of YouTube videos. So she's yeah. uh, she's pretty much hitting all the bases on her stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's it's interesting, and I, well, I guess you're a little younger than me, but I. I grew up when there were only thirty channels, so it's a uh,
0: yeah. That's exactly right. I did too. Yep.
1: It's a little different. Um, so, how much of this has taking up your time? Is it keeping you from uh, doing comedy, or is it just you've been able to mix it in? You
0: know, it's it's been a pretty okay balance. Uh, I'm I'm usually out and I I'm out in Bristol doing Sports Center three days a week, and then I have my Thursday through the weekend to do stand-up. So, I I think it's it's maybe diminished my desire to be on the road for stand-up as much you know just because you don't want to be on the road four days a week for one thing and then you go on the road another three days for something else and then you're just never home to see your family or have any free time so i mean maybe i've had i'll have a little bit less stand-up work but the the, the drive and the getting better thing has not disappeared or the trying to get better thing i should say
1: So, since you have to pay, uh, I guess, a little more attention to sports now, has that informed your comedy, or is comedy a a nice break from sports now?
0: Um, I I would say it's it's a break. I mean, I I always have loved sports quite a bit, so, you know, that was an easy, not I shouldn't say easy, but that was a, uh, a transition that I could make to doing this sort of stuff, because they let me bring humor to the sports centers. I think that's part of the reason that I'm here. Uh, so they let me, you know, do a little bit of that. But uh, when it comes to my stand-up, yeah, I, don't, I didn't really want to all of a sudden be a sports community. I just kind of keep doing the same thing I've always done on stage.
1: And is it difficult, like, kind of following a broader world of sports? Because I can barely follow my four teams, uh, you know, and then the teams are related to them. So is, it, is that an extra workload you have to carry?
0: Yeah, there's just so much, uh, so often. But, you know, with a company like ESPN, they're just, their ability to have everything in front of you. I think if you're, if I was just sitting in my house by myself trying to pay attention to everything, that'd be pretty difficult. But, you know, when you're out there, the resources that you have and the options that you have are quite impressive. So it makes it a little easier to be on top of everything.
1: So then what kind of things are you talking about on stage these days if if, if sports hasn't taken over?
0: Uh you know, I think it's kind of just the just a continued version of what I've always done, telling stories and complaining about my daily experiences. I shouldn't I shouldn't say complaining, I should say commenting on my daily experiences. Uh-huh. But kind of I had my, I was really happy with the last album Monday night that was recorded at Acme. I, you know, I was happy with how it turned out. I was happy with the way it was received. So I, I, am you know, I think hopefully this next hour that I have right now, I've got a brand new hour that I'm working on. Hopefully that's a, another step forward kind of from that one.
1: And so well, folks uh, at Acme be uh, getting kind of a little preview of, What's gonna be going into that? How how far along are you?
0: Yeah, yeah, I would say I would say anybody who's listening to the album they'll get almost an entirely new hour. Cool. That you know, I'm just it just got lucky that way that, you know, after I, it took so long to record this last album um, because of some back problems that once it was recorded I was already off and moving with the other stuff.
1: I see. And is there a lot of like pressure to pick out what you know, what they're going to be the best bits and because I know a lot of times when you know when you're an artist sometimes you never feel like it's done, but at some point I guess you have to kind of conclude well there yeah, this is this is what it's going to be and kind of you have to go forward with it.
0: I mean, I think that's just kind of my always my methodology and my what I'm doing is if it's not if I'm not completely happy with a bit. I don't think it belongs in my act, and I don't. I don't think you ever get totally satisfied. You always think you could be a little better, but I, if if it doesn't feel like I've done a service, I don't want it in my finished product. When it comes time to put it out on a mass level, whether it be through a CD or a special or something like that.
1: And do you find you're more in tune now to what kind of what's going on around you now after doing it for a while or is it kind of the same as it's been and you just you just kind of refine it when you yeah, get on that's, stage?
0: It's always such a funny question to answer because every comic is so different and um, how they perceive stuff and how they write and I, I would say if anything I think and I think this is true with any comic but the longer I've been doing it, the stronger my filter is where I think when I was younger a joke would come in and it would take me forever to figure out how to write it why to write it and exactly how it should look and I I think now when an idea comes in or an experience happens and I want to write about it you know, the filter is stronger so it's coming in and coming out you know, more consistently than maybe it did in the past if that makes any sort of
1: yeah. Yeah, do you find yourself being more judicious as well? Kind of you thinking maybe well this you know, might have been funny to me, you know, years ago, but now you know the bars a little higher?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that's just that's just an age thing, you know, that could be happen in any facet of life. You could be a plumber and laugh at different stuff when you're thirty three than you did when you were twenty four, you know? So so there's there's certainly probably a level of that for sure. I think, I think you just want to talk about the things that you are living at that time. So right now, you know, there's a fair amount of my, I'm engaged, so talk about my fiance, we're trying to buy a house, I talk about that. I had a thing happen last year where I hit a bunch of deer with my Subaru. So it's always, you know, trying to, I'm trying to talk about whatever's currently happening. You know, and so, and I think, I think when you're older, the things that are currently happening are different when you're a dumbass kid. (laughs) I mean, don't don't get me wrong; I'm still a dumbass sort of kid but a little bit older of a dumbass
1: kid. Well, I was going to say, I mean, you, as you get older, you probably have more experiences to write about, even though you probably talked about topics in general throughout your career, your experiences, because a lot of, you know, guys and gals will tell me that, you know, in your 20s you talk about partying and getting laid and all that other stuff, and then as you get older, though, with, when life starts to happen to you, at least you get all those other experiences, like you're saying, you know, buying a house and getting engaged and all that other stuff under your belt. So it seems to Yeah, and that's the
0: thing, I you know... I think is the fun challenge about comedy. And that's the sort of comedy that I think is really good. So I tend to push towards it and hope that mine turns out that way. Is When you you have common versions of common experiences that you are relaying in your own way. Some of my favorite comics, that, you know, that's what they do. The Tom Segura, the Chad Daniels of the world. Those guys, you know, they're... They're not off in some magical place writing, you know, insane premises. They're just really, really good at what they, what their current experiences are on the things that we all see every day.
1: Yeah, those. I hate this expression, but those guys are keeping it real. You know,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan Cummins is another one of those. Oh They're yeah, really, yeah. Really great. At that
1: yeah um so do you you think with this the the sports thing do you think you'll be kind of tempted to move more towards that in in your career or is this it can be kind of a side like you're you know the the comedian that can also do sports or how do you see that shaping up
0: <laughs> i I have no idea i know I know that I have been pursuing uh comedy and acting and all those things long enough that if I were to tell you that something was my goal i' I'd probably end up in a different place than that. <laughs> so, I, I I, mean, certainly I've really, really enjoyed the experience so far and I really like the people I work with and if I get the chance to continue, you know, further down that road and it's something that I think is, you know, could be a super positive thing for me, I, I, I certainly will, but I also have a lot of goals in comedy. So, I'm just, right now I'm just kind of enjoying how much fun it is and moving forward from there. Yeah,
1: it's interesting because people always seem to enjoy uh, funny people in sports without really even, rec- you know, Dan Patrick's got a subtle sense of humor and of course Craig Kilborn back in the day was always, you know, being silly on SportsCenter and then he so much so he, he went and did a talk show.
0: Yeah, you know, and I think that's the fun thing about the Snapchat SportsCenter is cause those are the guys that I grew up watching, Kenny May, Dan yeah. Patrick, Rich Eisen, and and, uh, you know, I I kill born another obvious, correct one. I, this Snapchat thing is brand new for the company. We were the first host of it. So I'm in no way, shape or form, I, I'm not even remotely comparing myself to those people. But they kind of were in early on the process and kind of got to do things in a, a unique way because there was no blueprint. And there really has been no blueprint to start this Snapchat show. So... We've been able to kind of have fun with it, in that regard.
1: And have you found that, um, is that there are different expectation in sport versus news? Because there's a lot of controversy in news now. You know, with you know, people, you know, fake news and sources and all this other stuff. But do you, do you think people are at, as uh, as uh, particular about their sports broadcasting as well?
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, I think the thing that you have to remember is I, I always remember two things. One. There's dickheads everywhere. (laughs) And two, the dumbest people are always the loudest. And if you keep those two things in the forefront of your mind with anything in the world, whether it's comedy, news, sports, anything else, it's pretty easy to walk past all the bullshit and focus on the good and enjoy whatever you're doing. Because since I started this, there's the amount of positivity on the inside and outside that has come... Through has been fantastic, but there's always you know there's always sports people that hey they don't they don't want any humor with their sports or if you even have an ounce of social commentary they want you to shut up and stick to sports buddy so there's always going to be those people I think you just have to do what you do and understand that that noise is always going to exist and and it's just the only different the internet's like bars used to be. There's always some dumbass shouting in a bar. But because he's on the internet now, all of a sudden we all take him seriously, like his opinion matters. Or her opinion matters.
1: Yeah, that's always been the nice thing about sports. Well, until we had this, you know, controversy over anthems and such. Though, is that most of, with most sports conversations, you know, if you're wrong, who cares? You know, if you know if so and so is a better pitcher than than another guy, and you're who, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. But you know, if you're picking the wrong person to elect office, then that has kind of an impact on your life. But it's nice you can you know argue about sports yeah. and entertainment, and you know, not have any you know uh, not have it count for anything in the long run.
0: Yeah, and I always say sports is such an incredible escape, you know. Right, yeah, and, and that's the wonderful thing about it. So even myself personally, I you know i I enjoy that part of it. I enjoy the winning and the losing and the the conversation and the whole nine about it. So that that's the part that I usually really try to focus on. But I also think we'll have to teach time where it's really really difficult to pretend, you know that we can just shut our eyes to, to everything. And that's not necessarily a social statement. It's just, you know, you live in a different time than you did when Kenny May and those guys were doing sports. Everything's available and everybody has an opinion. And it's, that's kind of a hard thing to escape sometimes.
1: Yep, and everybody will let you know their opinion, too, in one way or another.
0: Oh, yeah, man. <laughs>
1: Um, well, I guess yeah, the nice thing about stand-up, too, because they always say you, know, you get that immediate feedback on stage, and you know if something is funny, and, you know, with these other mediums, you have to, you know, it's either the comments section or the ratings or something else tripping you up.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, like I said, it, I'm a firm believer in that the dumbest people are the loudest theories. So you just, I mean, you you think about the type of person that's going to spend their time to seek you out, say something dumb or shitty, that, that takes a, a lot of effort. <laughs>
1: Well, great, man. It was good talking to you. I appreciate you taking the time, especially with your busy schedule and just jumping off a plane and everything. And, of course, this will be in yeah. print, uh, in city pages, uh, in print and online, of course, the week you're programming at the Acme. And uh, the podcast should drop uh, next Sunday, uh, so look for that. And um, I hope we'll see you here again in Cincinnati sometime soon And uh, with your buddy Mike Cronin.
0: Yeah, he's actually featuring for me at Acme.
1: Oh, awesome. Well, good for him. Good for yeah, that guy. Yep,
0: yep, I'm bringing him what I got in my house, getting him in to go out. Are we off now? We're, done well, we're, right? still, we're
1: still kind of recording. We're going we're to say our goodbyes here. But yeah, we can. I can cut it from there okay. if you don't want people to know that Mike well, Cronin. i will say goodbye, and is, then I will tell
0: you about Cronin and Maxine.
1: Okay, great. All right, well, we'll leave it here. I'll, I'll, I'll stop recording now, and i will see the listeners on the other side of the uh, interview here. Thanks again to Cy Amundson for being on the show. Cy just finished a run at the Acme Comedy Company there in Minneapolis. And if you want to know more about his schedule, you can go to CyComedy.com. That's Cy with a C-Y. Or follow him on Twitter at Cy Amundsen. Amundson is A-M-U-N-D-S-O-N. And uh, he's a busy, busy man, uh, so I'm sure he'll be filling his schedule pretty soon. And like I said, in the meantime, of course, uh, get yourself on the Snapchat and you can watch him hosting SportsCenter from ESPN. All right, so we're up to the song of the week. Oh, but before we get there, I want to remind you again, I know I uh, we did this before the interview, uh, to remind you to uh, buy your vintage t-shirts from OldSchoolShirts.com, or if you're from Southwest Ohio or know somebody who is, CincyShirts.com. Uh, and OldSchoolShirts, by the way, it's all one word. There's another site that's similar to ours. But they have dashes in their name. You want OldSchoolShirts.com as if it's all one word. And you can find uh, all kinds of great vintage T-shirts and styles and long forgotten football teams and places from places like Cleveland, St. Louis, Louisville, Philadelphia. uh, All kinds of towns and more to come. So uh, best way to help the show is to buy a shirt from there. It really does help out. Trust me. And now we're on to the song of the week. How did I not know that uh, this was even a thing? BBC One didn't play it. Radio One wasn't playing it. Uh, I didn't see anything else in like Facebook or Twitter. And, and Facebook is supposed to know all about me. They should know I like the vaccines. But no, uh, Vaccines' new single "I Can't Quit" came out a few weeks ago. It is in advance of a new album called Combat Sports. And boy, I always think that uh, you know the gas tank's got to run dry eventually for them writing uh, bangers. But no, no sign of that yet. This is a tune. It is The Vaccines, I Can't Wait, Song of the Week on PF Tape Recorder. So long and thanks for listening.